Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. Um, but we're starting a new collection of talks uh, this Sunday uh, This Sunday for the new year that we're, ta- we're calling Take the Land. Take the land. Now, uh, we, we said last year that we believe that God's word for our church is uh, out of uh, Isaiah to enlarge, to lengthen, to strengthen. And I believe, though, that this, this series will really help set up your year um, for what God has, that you would walk in the fullness of what he has for you. Uh, you know, in the Bible, we see God had a promised land for Abraham, for Israel, a promised land that at times they needed to possess the land. They needed to go in and take the land. God had promised it. He'd prepared it for them. But there was times where then they needed to actually go and take the land, possess the land. And and just like them today, through Jesus, we have promises. We have things that he has prepared for you and I and for us to, to actually take the land. See, he has peace for you. He has freedom. He has provision. He has a way of doing life for you that he's designed. He has flourishing in relationships. He has protection. He has healing. He has you to be part of God's plan. You know, God isn't just way up there in the clouds and eventually you get to talk to him one day. No, he's inviting you to be a part of his plan, to come up to his level and to live that out in your daily life. And like we know, Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has got good plans for us, a hope and a future. See, God has an upward call on your life. Not just to stay where you are, but to move forward, to move forward in him. Uh, and, and we need to take the land, if you will. Take what God has promised you. And it's not enough just to know about it. To know about it, like I know that God has promises, I know that God has this, but actually to take the land, to step in. So we're going to be talking about how do we actually take the land or walk in the promises, walk in what God has provided and prepared for us. In Deuteronomy 1, Deuteronomy 1 verse 6, this is Moses speaking it says, or, or actually, yeah, Moses speaking. It goes, The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long, uh, have dwelt long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go to the mountains of the Amorites and to the neighboring places in the plains, in the mountains and in the lowlands, in the south and on the seacoast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon. As far as the great river uh, Euphrates, see, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them uh, and their descendants after them. Now you're like, oh, yeah, Josiah, this is a good scripture. Yeah, like this is great. This is like a good scripture for taking the land. Like this is a good pump-up scripture. Until you read it in context. Until you read it in context. Because Moses is, is now when he's saying this, he is an old man. He is old. He's not speaking of, God just told me this. It was years and years and years ago that God told us this. 
that God had an opportunity for us to go into the land, and yet they didn't. See, all of Deuteronomy is speeches at the end of Moses' life as he's an old man reflecting and talking about what happened. And, And right at the end, Moses, he dies. But this is sad because Moses recounts this exciting call of God that he has for him. Take the land. Possess the land. I've prepared a land for you. But he never did. He never did. A whole generation never went into the land that God had prepared and he promised for them. You know, as a pastor, I get to be part of many joyous parts of people's lives. I get to be there uh, for baby dedications. I get to, you know, be there for marriages and, and like, when they marry. And I get to say, you know, do you, do you, I do. You've got to watch it when you're around me. If you're single, you just say, I do, and someone else accidentally says, I do. You're married, so you just got to gotta watch it. But, uh, but you, get to, I, you get to be a part of, like, the joys of life. And then you also get to be a part of the last moments of people's life. And, and this reminds me, actually, of, of a time where I was sitting with someone, and, and it was the last few days of their life, and they, they were looking with pain in their eyes and talking about the regrets they had and what they wish they would have done if they only had a few more moments, a few more years, a few more, what they would have done. And I, I hear this in Moses' speech. He's an old man now. At the end of his long-winded speech of Deuteronomy, the Bible says, and he died. And so this is an old man at the end recounting what could have been but wasn't. And what a way to start, Josiah. What a way to start the year. But I think it's good to start the new year with the end in mind. Uh, how we can, like Moses, he, at the end, he was full of regrets of what he didn't walk in. So how can we have a different story? How can we, at the end, we don't say, oh, it, it, we could have, but we didn't. But how can we actually take the land and walk in all that God has for you? So that at the end, you don't have a, it could have been, but at the end, you hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So that's what we're going to be looking at throughout this collection of talks is how do we have a different story? How do we take the land, what God has prepared and promised for me? How do we take the land? So the title of my message, you're like, Josiah, I thought you were already talking. I was, but that's the intro. The title of my message today is this, is you can't go back. You can't go back. So God, he delivered the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, hundreds of years of slavery. God, like miraculously, right, the ten plagues. Then he opened the Red Sea. They walked through. Their shoes didn't even get wet. Then they crossed the other side. The armies pursued them. The waters closed, wiped out the Egyptian armies, and, and they were on to the other side. They walked through the wilderness, and they're on the cusp of the promised land, on the cusp. Like, it's, it's scary how close they are. They're on the cusp. They're so close. And they send in spies. This is a good idea. This is wisdom. 
faith and wisdom go hand in hand. Why do they send in spies? God told them to send in spies. So don't hate on them because they sent spies in. Now in Numbers 13, we see when the spies come back. Numbers 13, verse 27, it says, Then they, the spies, told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this uh, this is its fruit. Ooh, it's good fruit. Nevertheless, it's sort of like when people bring back fruit from B.C. Oh, my goodness, you, you really came back. It's good. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Ananites dwell in the land uh, of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, there's a lot of ites there. The Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we, uh, for we are able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land which... Uh, which we have gone as spies in the land that uh, devours its inhabitants. Well, they weren't devoured. How would they know that? And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw giants. The descendants of Anak came from giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So they said, it's great. It's great you want a peach? But we're not able to. We're not able to go into the land. We don't have what it requires to go in. Now, keep that in mind, but we're going to go forward, and I want to focus on this, of what happened after the report. It goes like this. So they saw themselves as grasshoppers. We'll look back at that. But in Numbers 14, verse 1, here's the response of the congregation, Israel. So all the people, all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. They cried at the report. And the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If we only had died in the land of Egypt. Well, I think living's better than dead. Or if we had, die, had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a new leader and return to Egypt. Let us select a new leader and return to Egypt. At the report of the spies, they saw the challenges and they said, "Mm -mm, we need to go back. We need to go back to Egypt. We need to go back to the place of slavery, to the place of captivity, the very place that not too long ago, God miraculously delivered them, brought them out of slavery, opened waters up, walls of water you walk through, and now they want to go back to Egypt, because they didn't see that they could go into the land. Now, who said Egypt was even an option? Right? Like, let's be real. The Egyptian army was just wiped out. Um, You took all their gold and silver. Um, 
I'm not sure it's an option to go back. But in their thinking, going back to where I once was, was always an option. Going back to the old, going back to Egypt. They wanted to go back rather than stepping in. Why? Because there was work, there was challenge, there was, there was new there. You know, Egypt, we see many times in the Bible people going back to Egypt and then coming out. Now, we see Jesus going back to Egypt, and that is um, actually, so Abraham, his sons went to Egypt. Why? To get bread that would sustain them, and he came out. Jesus is the bread of life. He went to Egypt and came out to provide bread for Israel and all people. I am the bread of life. But then everyone else who went back to Egypt, it's really a picture of returning back to the old. Returning back to the former, the thing that you were delivered from, the old way of doing things, sin, death, what had held you captive, returning back. Now, just as God brought Israel out of captivity and slavery in Egypt, out of the old way, Romans 6 tells us that, that we are no longer slaves to sin, that we are now free in Christ. That we are now children of God. Colossians 1.13 says this, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who has purchased our freedom and forgive, forgave our sins. See, you are no longer captive. Just like the Israels, Israelites in Egypt, it's a picture of how God has now delivered you out of sin, out of the old way. That now he is a new way for you to be in his freedom. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. But just like the Israelites, at times, we can want to go back to Egypt. When we're on the cusp of going into the new, we want to go back to Egypt. Thinking it would be easier to go back than to do the work that is required to go forward. That that. I, 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 I want to go back, but you can't go back. You know, God has promises that you would have flourishing relationships with people in your life. And part of that is forgiving, slow to speak, thinking the best in people, uh, uh, being willing to speak the truth in love. Now that's work. Having good relationships, marriage, spouse, um, friendship, it's work. It's easier just to be like, well, this is just how I am. It's just how I am. I'm just explosive. Like, you just will have to deal with it. Like, that's just how I am. Or I just speak my mind. Or, you know what? I, I just hate conflict, so I'm just not going to ever talk to you about it. And instead, let resentment get in beneath and let, let, let bitterness. And that way, then it can erode and corrupt the relationship. Right? Go back because it's easier. Maybe as well, like we see in God's word that there's prosperity, like financially prosperity, that you are blessed to be a blessing. But there's actually God principles for that. Uh, super exciting. Going to be blown away by this. A budget. That's in the Bible. That takes some work. Tithing, giving God a tenth. Not spending more than you make. Not being a slave to the lender. Not lending more. To live generously. 
And that's what God's saying, come up. But it's easier to go back. It's easier to be like, sure, like, I get it. I get it, but, like, I just want it now. I get it, but, like, I, I deserve it. Um, I, I, I've tried this whole thing, and mm, I'm going back. It's too much. Or, okay, I'm trusting you, God. You've said trust me. I'm trusting you now. But you're taking too long. I've given this care to you, but I'm here to request it back because you're taking too long. I'll take this back and I'll go back to my way of handling things, my way of doing things, my way of making it happen because you're too slow, God. Back to the old ways of doing things, back to what is really slavery and bondage. See, any area I'm talking about, not just those three, any area where God is calling you up, but the temptation is to go back. The temptation is to go back to how it once was, to go back to Egypt. But in order to take the land, to walk in the promises that God has for you, you can't go back. You can't go back. You, going back can't be an option. Like, it can't be an option. In the same sense that, in the physical sense, the Israelites couldn't be in Israel, or in, in the promised land, rather, and Egypt at the same time, you can't be back there mentally and still, try, or, uh, still trying to go into the things of God. You can't. You, you, you can't walk in His fullness of what God has for you when you're always going back, whether it's physically or a mentality of, I'm going back to Egypt. You know, it's, a, it's amazing how time puts rose-colored glasses on. You look back with time and like, oh, this, is, this wasn't too bad. Like the Israelites. Well, sure, like Egypt wasn't that bad. Sure, we were slaves, but like it wasn't that bad, was it? Did you mind? Jacob? Bartholomew, you got me? Let, let's do it. How many times it's like we look back to our past of what God has brought us out of, but we're looking back and it, well, wasn't that bad. Oh, when I was trying to handle everything, I wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. In Isaiah 43, verse 18, it says this. It says, do not uh, remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. This is God speaking. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. See, there's some things that we need to let go and leave behind. To, to, to not even remember that I'm putting that back there. The things you need to remember is God's faithfulness, 100%. Put memorial stones. We see that through the Old Testament of like, oh, look what the Lord has done. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of your testimony. Well, there are things that you need to leave behind. See, you can't go forward and grow into God if you're always looking back to Egypt. Now, if you've been there, I think we all have been there. If you're like, well, this was yesterday. Um, there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation in Christ. Romans tells us this. There's no condemnation in Christ. I think we all have done it one time or another. But I want to encourage you as we start 2024, 
with the end in mind that you can't go back, that you can't go back, that, that instead of going back, how do we go forward? Well, let's look at uh, why the Israelites wanted to go back. In Numbers 13, verse 28, we see this. It says, Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. We saw some big guys. They look, it looked intimidating. In Numbers 13, 31, they also said, But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. See, they saw that they're not able to. They're not able to in their own abilities. We don't have the ability to do this. Maybe God's calling you up. And well, it's just not the way I am. It's just not my personality. Uh, I, I just, I, I'm, I, I don't have what it takes. Or, or God's calling you and to, to up and out, to step out by faith, to say start a business. And you're like, well, I don't have what it takes so I won't. Or God's calling you to be more committed to his house and to his people. And you say, listen, I have, I have two days, two days for a weekend, Josiah. And so I can't afford to be committed to come to church every week. I just can't. Like I got two days. You try and tell me, Josiah, how am I supposed to get everything done? Or I, I, listen, I can't live on, I, I can barely live on a hundred. How can I live on 90%, Josiah? Or where I'm from, my family, like they have anxiety. They have anxiety. So it's just how I am. It's just where I'm from. I can't do this, God, because of where I am from. There's, there's many ways. You can fill in your own. But as the Israelites were on the cusp of God, God's promised land, they said, nope, I don't have what it takes. They said also in Numbers 13, 33, they saw the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Who, who said that? They did. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. They saw themselves as not enough. So they saw that the problems or the challenges in the promised land, they're too big for me. They, they saw it, it's not possible, and I don't have what it takes. You know, what, you know what's missing in their, in their reasons? God. God is missing in their whole response. Because who's, whose idea was it for them to go into the promised land? God's. God's. Can I encourage you that God is the one today who is calling you into the promised land? He is the one who's calling you up to what he is, what, the life, the plans, the purposes that he has. It's not your idea. Jesus is the one who said, follow me. You, j just so you know, you didn't present a spreadsheet to him. Look at my PowerPoint. Oh, you don't use PowerPoint? Oh, do, do you use Google Sheets? Okay, here's my Google Sheet, God, of, uh, of how um, I should be able to follow you. No, no, no. God just said, Jesus just said, follow me and I will make you. See, it's God's idea. I thought Natalie's word, that, that, that prophetic word that she gave on, on the week, on 
the weekend. Friday, thank you. Still the weekend. Uh, Friday, worship night. Wow, that was so powerful, wasn't it? Oh, my. Uh, but she gave that word about that, that, know what? The mountains weren't begging, please form me, form me. The trees weren't saying, make me grow, make me grow. No, God just said it, and it happened. That God was the one who had a plan and said it, and it happened. So, uh, you know, you're not going to the land just to take promised land. Like, what are we going to do? Get more land. Whatever that means. No, you're going because God has called you. He's instructed you. And now I'm going because the Lord Jesus has said, go. He said, go. John 10.10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You're like, I want that, but maybe I'm not, I'm not there uh, uh, in, in, in every way. Well, whose idea was it? It's not your idea. Jesus said it. So he will give you the provision. He'll give you the steps so that you can get there. Jesus said it. We know Philippians 4.19, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You didn't come up with that. Jesus did. God did, I should say. I, so you can do all things through Christ. It's not up to you. Now, out of those 12 spies, two had a different spirit, and they went into the promised land. Joshua and Caleb had a different response. We, we see this, and I think we can actually get some things out of when, when we are on stepping into new land, how we can respond. Numbers 14 Verse 7, it says this, And they spoke to the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spout is exceedingly good land. If the Lord, if the Lord delights in us, and he does, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Fear uh, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protect, stale bread, maybe. Their protection has uh, departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear. I, see, they were focusing on who was sending them, God. Who was with them, God. Whose idea was this? God's. So if it's God's idea, he's for us, he's with us, then no matter what we're coming against, we can take the land. We can take the land. Can I encourage you that God today is for you? He's with you. He is with you. It is God's idea. And as thoughts come, because I think thoughts do come. When you, whenever you go to, a, have you ever found that when you go to a new place or you step out in what God has, there's thoughts that come like, uh, should you keep doing this? Can you really handle this? It might be easier if you just pull back a bit. Like, you could say, go back to Egypt. I think we actually see, we can see what Caleb said, and I think we can apply this, is when the spies first came back, the report in Numbers 13, verse 30, uh, it says this. Then Caleb, so they heard about everything. There's obviously noise because he says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are able to overcome it. 
So when, when those thoughts of like, okay, I'm stepping out new, I'm stepping into what God's calling me, I'm taking the land, literal or metaphorical land. When those noises come, as Caleb did, I think you need to quiet the noises. Whether it's thoughts in your mind that are coming that it's like, you can't do this, you, you should really go back to Egypt, quiet those voices. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That maybe it's other people talking in your life uh, and they shouldn't have a place to talk in your life. Well, quiet those voices. Don't allow them a place to speak into your life. Uh, uh, and, and then also the second thing we see is that he said, God is able. Remind yourself, God is able to do this. Since when did it rely on me? I don't rely on the, my, the air for my breathing. Why should I think that I need to rely on myself to go into the very thing that God is calling me to go into? No, God is able. And the third thing that we see is Caleb didn't say, all right, let's, let's all just sit down and let's, you know, maybe we'll take, you know, we'll just see how we feel about tomorrow or maybe next week or, you know, maybe when we just feel a bit more at it. No, he says, let's take the land at once. Let's go right now. Not delaying, not waiting until a time, but actually, okay, God has said it, I'm going. God has instructed me, and maybe I don't feel fully prepared. Like, they're just wandering through the wilderness for, for a long time. Uh, so it, make, it, it makes sense. Like, I'm not that prepared. I'm just, we we're just in slavery. Now we're just out. Uh, we're not the most prepared for this. But let's go right now. Why? Take action now because God is calling you to take action. Take action now because God said. And you know, it's not ever, taking land is not ever about you. It's not like, look at these acres of metaphorical land that Josiah was talking about. It's all mine because I took it. It's not that. It's not about you. Right? Um, it's, it's, it's actually, it's for you, but it's not about you. See, God needs you to follow and work according to his plan. Your family needs that. Your church needs that. The, 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 our community needs that. The world needs that. Your neighbors need that. Any person in your life needs that. See, the, the world needs families that are solid and centered on Jesus. That say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And they can be a light and a refuge. The, the, the world needs uh, businesses uh, where Christians are focused on God that will be kingdom financers, that will be lights in the business place that, that myself maybe would never go. Because as soon as they hear pastor, they're like, okay, what do you want from me? But you can be a light. Be, for you to be financially stable so that when, when every good work comes up, you have the ability to be, yes, I'm going to fund that. Yes, I'm going to sow into that. Yes, I'm going to be a part of that and, and support that. For you to operate and walk in the peace and, of God, the wisdom of God, so that, the, like Proverbs says, that when you speak to people, they can be in despair, but out of your belly, there will be refreshing rivers. A wise person, there's, it's, their words are like refreshing springs. That you would be, when you go into a place, you bring the peace of God. 
that it could be chaotic, but you bring the, bring the Spirit of God, but you operate in the peace of God, so it can be chaotic around you, but you have the peace of God. See, people need you and I to know God, to walk with Him, to be obedient to Him, to, to, to listen to His Word, and when He says pray, we pray. When we, He says speak to this person, we speak. God, I think he desires and the world needs a church who is, I'm willing to take the land. I'm willing to take the land and do at what God is saying. To do what God is saying. A church that is, whose people, because a building isn't the church. If so, we'd be hooped because we only rent this on Sunday afternoons. It's like, what are you? Well, we're here for, but the people are the church. The people are the church. So a church that goes forward. A church that says, I'm going to take the land. I'm going to walk in all that God has for me. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. No God is for you. We love you and have a great week.